0: Call following Jesus immediately. And why not? Because of the 82 times we find the word immediately in the Bible, 35 of those 82 times is in the book of Mark. Mark is challenging you and me to make a decision, to right now make a decision about Jesus. Will you believe, obey, and trust Him? and live for Him or not? What is your decision? This morning we're in Mark chapter 4, and we're going to look at the impact of the Word of God. In fact, I might even call it the amazing impact of the Word of God. The story is told about an attorney, a doctor, and a preacher who went hunting together. And all three saw this big buck. I mean, this deer was the biggest buck they had ever, ever seen. And all three shot at the same time. The buck went down. They got into an argument. The argument was who actually had the kill shot. Who had the kill shot? The argument got so intense that a game warden, who was in the area, he happens to come by and says, What's wrong? The attorney speaks up. He says, Well, we, we, caught, we shot this deer, this buck, and all three of us want to claim it, but we don't know who actually killed the buck. The game warden looked at the buck, and he said, Well, that's easy to determine who had the kill shot. It's very easy. It was the preacher. The attorney said, well, how do you know that? Well, just take a look. It's easy. Because the kill shot went in one ear and out the other. (laughs) You know, sometimes our words go in one ear and out the other. And it's very unfortunate that in regards to the Bible, I'm afraid that's what happens when a lot of people hear God's Word. It goes in one ear and out the other. They miss out. They miss out on the the, the 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 fact that the Bible can truly change us. The Bible will absolutely change you and me if we take the time to really listen to it. Are you tired of living a life that's just mediocre? Are you tired of the mess, the problems? The hardships. Are you missing out on the abundant life? You know, Jesus in in John 10, He promised us that He has come to give us a life that is more abundantly. Are you missing out? Let's read Mark 4, beginning in verse 2. And He was teaching them many things in parables. And in His teaching He said to them, Listen, listen, circle that word. Behold, a, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed among the path, and the birds came and environed it. Other seed, other seed fell on, on rocky ground where it did not have much soil, and immediately, notice that word immediately, and immediately it sprang up, since it had no depth, of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and, and since it had no root, it withered away. Uh, other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns they grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seed fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold, sixtyfold, and a hundredfold. And He said, circle this phrase, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Back then, a yield of ten times the amount of seed sown was considered a great crop. But Jesus, Jesus is promising yields of 30, 60, even a hundred times. I'm here to tell you, your life, Your life can be tremendously fruitful and productive. But first you have to hear God's Word. Go back to verse 3. Listen. Verse 9. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. You see, God's Word will have absolutely no effect on your life unless... Unless you take the time to hear it, unless you take the time to listen. You see, the Bible, the Bible does no good gathering dust up on a shelf. We've got to put it into our lives and and we've got to, what, slow down our lives to hear God's word. One preacher, one preacher, who became very popular, and he was uh, uh, always uh, uh, always being in demand as a guest speaker. He got so involved that uh, his life at home was like a whirlwind, even to the point that his children felt like he didn't have time for them. One night, his little girl, his youngest, she wanted to tell her daddy about something that happened at school, and she said, Daddy, I want to tell you something, and I'll tell you really fast. other words, I know you're so busy, I'll tell it real fast so it won't take up a lot of your time. That preacher, realizing what he was doing to his family, he said, Honey, I'm so sorry. You can tell me, and you don't have to tell me really fast. You can say it slowly, to which the little girl said, Okay, Daddy, then listen slowly. Then listen slowly. You and I, we can't listen to God if we're too busy. If we're in a hurry, we need to slow down. We need to slow down enough to really hear what He has to say. In other words, we need to listen slowly. You want a life that's productive and fruitful? Then, first of all, you must hear God's word. You must hear God's word. But if that's all we do, it's not going to do us much good. So, second, if we want our lives to count for something, we must also do what? We must believe. Believe and understand God's word. Look at verse 10. And when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. And he said to them, To you, to you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. But for those outside, circle that phrase, those outside. To those outside, everything is in parables, so that they may indeed see, but not perceive. And may indeed hear, but not understand, lest they should turn and, and be forgiven. Those on the outside are those who have chosen not to believe in Jesus. As a result, they, they see, but never perceive. They hear, they hear, but never understand. So they never find the forgiveness God offers them so freely in Jesus. They missed the obvious. It reminds me of an old story about the fictional characters uh, Sherlock Holmes and and Dr. Watson. Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson are out uh, uh, in the woods camping. And they're spending the night in what you might call a a pup tent. One of those little pup tents. Sometime in the middle of the night. Sherlock Holmes, he wakes up, Watson. He says, Watson, look up at the stars and and tell me what you deduce. Sherlock Holmes was always about the power of deduction. Watson says, Well, uh, I I see millions and millions of, of stars. And and perhaps one day man may travel to the stars and, and what wonders man might see. To which Holmes replied, Watson, you idiot, someone stole our tent. You know, sometimes we're like Watson, like Watson. Watson was always seeing, but never perceiving. Hearing, but never understanding, just like the unbeliever when it comes to Spiritual things. But on the other hand, on the other hand, those who choose to believe in Jesus understand the secrets of the kingdom of God because they're there. You see, Jesus had two reasons for speaking in parables. So much of His teaching was done in parables. Two reasons. Number one, he wanted to conceal the truth to the unbeliever to the unbeliever who would not put forth the effort to believe and obey jesus had his timeline he had uh, approximately 3 years to teach those men that would take the gospel to the world so he had a timeline to do that in and and he knew when he wanted to be in jerusalem Passover, and he wanted to be the ultimate Passover lamb. But there's also a second reason. Second reason. He wanted to reveal the truth to those who would trust him and believe. Because in just a few words, he could convey so many powerful lessons. It's not surprising when a survey was done the survey was what are the most famous words of Jesus what are the ones that you remember the most in the top ten only one was a sermon the Sermon on the Mount the other nine were all parables the parable of the prodigal son the parable of the Good Samaritan and, and other parables why cuz people can remember people could remember the stories yes and people could also get the lessons from it it's not surprising that the early christians often copied jesus and trying to get the lessons out to uh, to people in the 2nd 3rd and 4th centuries they they told stories to help them to remember to remember We have to believe. We have to believe and then you'll see. If you will trust in Jesus, then you will see. It will become more apparent the more you study. If you want to see, you must believe. If you want to understand the intricate design and order in God's creation, then you must first believe in the Creator. If you want to understand and comprehend God's Word, then you must first trust the author of that Word. Otherwise, um, it won't make any sense to you. This guy right here amazes me. This is Eric Wilhelm Meyer. He is totally blind. He was the very first blind person to make it to the top of Mount Everest and make it back safely. He operates a a company, a very successful company. He was interviewed by a a magazine, and in that magazine article, he said, in regards to the people that he hires for his company, I can't see them. I'm blind. But I look for people. I look for people who have an unrealistic optimism about life. Often I hear people say, uh, seeing is believing. Well, I can't see. I want people who believe the opposite. Believing is seeing. Then he said, it's pretty easy to tell who those people are. All I've got to do is say, hey, you want to climb Mount Everest with a blind guy? Pretty quickly you figure out who's a believer. I imagine it was kind of similar to that when Jesus was calling those apostles The religious leaders thought he was the devil. His own family thought he was crazy. But Jesus said to some, Hey, you want to follow me into the kingdom of God? And those who responded, those who really believed in Him, they were able to see such heights of spiritual reality that most of the world has never seen. How about you? How about me? Will we trust the one that some said was crazy or the devil? Will we trust the Lord Jesus Christ with our lives? If we will, then we will come to know God the way He wants us to know Him. My friends, that's what it's going to take. That's what it's going to take to change the world. That's what it's going to take to change our communities. It's when we are living for Jesus 24-7. That's what it's going to take to have a fruitful and productive life. We must first hear God's Word. Second, we must believe it so we can understand it. But even with all of that, that's not enough. If we truly want to make a difference, In our community, we must also do the word. Do the word. We must put God's word into practice. We must live it out in our everyday lives. Verse 13 And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? Got to put forth some effort. The sower sows the word. That's the seed. It's the word. And these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately, circle that word, immediately, comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. Who are these people? These are the people who don't really hear the word. It goes in one ear out the other like that big buck, okay? It goes in one ear and just out the other. They don't really hear it. They don't take the time to comprehend. Verse 16. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground. The ones who, when they hear the word, immediately, circle that again, receive it with joy. And they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately immediately they fall away. Who are these people? These are people who, who have an emotional response to the word. They have a feel-good response. They they respond and 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 you know and they feel good about it, but there's no roots. They enjoy the sermon, but at the first sign of trouble, they are repelled. Why? Because they think God's word has failed them. They blame God. They forget that following Christ is, is not always a, a bed of roses. They forget that Jesus promised that there would be some thorns, some hardships, some difficulties along the way. So when they experience their difficulties, they just give up on Jesus. Verse 18, And others are the ones uh, sown among the thorns, They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desire for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfaithful. Who are these people? These are people who have an intellectual response to the word, they agree that it's true. They might even say amen during the sermon, but then life gets busy. They're in their pursuit of wealth, or maybe just in the pursuit of taking care of their own family, and they forget what God has said to them, and they fail to put it into practice. But then there's verse 20. But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word, and accept it and bear fruit, 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. These are people. These are people who actually put God's Word into practice. These are the ones whose lives becomes abundantly fruitful, both personally and in their influence over others. They add those virtues that Peter speaks about in his letter. They they have that fruit of the Spirit that Paul talks about, the fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. They're like Phil. Phil was my friend. He was diagnosed by a specialist in Memphis, he had a tumor. It was about the size of a, well, about the size of a golf ball right on his forehead. And the doctor said, Phil, you better call your family. You better tell them you probably only have months to live. So Phil informed his family and got ready for the end. But he decided to recommit his life back to his Lord. He he had become a Christian years ago, but he had Failed to live the Christian life. And he really got involved. Uh, We introduced him to World Bible School. He ended up changing, dedicating one of his spare bedrooms in his house. It became his World Bible School hub. You see, Phil lived more than a few months. He would go every six months to Memphis for a checkup. The doctors would say, well, Phil, you should be dead by now. We'll see you in six months. That went on for over 18 years. He lived just a few months past his 18th year of the initial diagnosis. 17 of those years were very productive years for Phil because he taught hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people about Jesus through World Bible School. But something else. I'm also talking about the fruit of others who come to follow Christ because of your positive influence in their lives. Phil never knew this. We found this out after Phil died, but I made sure that I told his family. One of his students in India decided to become a preacher. And that man has baptized dozens and dozens and dozens of people, all because it started with Phil. You see, my friends, it's not enough. It's not enough to have an emotional response to God's Word, and it's not enough to have an intellectual response to God's Word we must also have a volitional response to God's Word. In other words, we must do God's Word. If we want a life that's fruitful and productive for the kingdom of God, we must put God's Word into practice. If we want a life that will make an eternal difference in the life of others. A few years ago in Atlanta... The American Heart Association was having their their annual meeting. Thousands and thousands of medical professionals were gathered at a hotel for this conference. A reporter for the Boston Globe newspaper, he decided to do some investigative reporting. He went around to all the restaurants there in the hotel. He went around to the restaurants close by, the ones that the uh, attendees would frequent. And here's what he found. He found that the, the high fat menu items, the cheeseburgers, the french fries, uh, uh, things like that, were being consumed at a record pace much more than any other conference, any any other convention that they might host in that area. He sat down with one cardiologist at a restaurant. He had seen the man back at the conference. There he was at the restaurant. In front of him was this big, massive, double-decker cheeseburger with extra cheese and all the french fries. And the reporter said, don't you, uh, uh, don't you think you're setting a bad example? Don't you, don't you think you're setting a bad example to, uh, to your patients? To which the cardiologist said, oh no, not me, because I take my name tag off. No one knows I'm a doctor. You see, as Christians, we can't do that. As Christians, we can never take our name tag off. People see Jesus not necessarily in God's Word because they won't take the time to see it. And they see Jesus not necessarily through the spoken Word because they won't take the time to come to a worship service. But they see Jesus in your lives, how you live your life. They see Jesus being reflected on a daily basis. You see, for good or ill, we represent Jesus, and we want to represent Him in a positive way and to be a positive influence on others. It's not enough just to talk about His Word. we got to put it into practice. we got to walk the walk. If you and I want really to make a difference in our community in 2021, then we must hear the Word. Furthermore, we must believe it. And we must do it. We must live it out, not just on Sunday, because it's easy to do it here because I'm surrounded by all good people. It's easy to do it here on Sunday. We must do it seven days a week. Or as I say with all of my lessons, it is our hope, it is our wish, it is our prayer that we all live for Jesus 24-7. We live it out every day. Live it out wherever you are with God's help, and He will make you fruitful and productive for His kingdom. This month, one of my couples mentioned the impact of one of our teachers on their small child and how they appreciated that so very much. It doesn't matter who you're teaching Little children or adults or whoever, you're making an impact. You're making an impact on their lives. You know, that's power. That's the power of God's Word, my friends, planted in the context of loving relationships. It's very obvious that this teacher loves her students and they feel that love. If we want to change the people around us, we got to make sure that they feel our love. It will not only change your life, it can change the lives of many more. 30, 60, or 100 times. You may not see it in your lifetime. Phil didn't know about the preacher in India. But the influence of your life can have a multiplying, multiplying effect in the generations to follow. All you must do is hear, believe, obey, and live it. This morning, are you a Christian? Know God's simple plan of salvation? Believe, repent, confess, and be baptized? Those of us who have done that, are we living 24-7 for Jesus? Can people see the difference that Jesus makes in our lives? Do you need to seek His forgiveness? He will forgive, 1 John 1, 9. The church stands ready to pray with you and for you. If we can be of any service at all, please come as we stand and sing for your encouragement. Friday, beginning Fridays are 40 days for life eternal. We're going to kick off 2021 correctly with the 40 days of life eternal. Each morning at 6 o'clock, you can watch it live or you watch it later as recording. It'll be a real short two or three minute devotional. Uh, The first 10 are by myself. The next 10 are going to be by uh, Billy. And then we're going to divide up the last 20 between the two of us. I want to encourage you to tune in. I think it'd be a great way to start your day. Now, we understand that some of you do not have home internet, we understand that. For your benefit, we have printed up kind of a summary of the first uh, 10 days, and every Sunday we'll have a week events available. If you do not have home internet, these uh, summaries are available on the three speaker stands in the back of the auditorium. Please uh, pick one up, and that way at least you can join in with us in the 40 days for life eternal. Let's sing the first and last verse of 851. Some Some Listen.
1: Again, we want to welcome everybody here this morning, especially those that are visiting with us. We are proud to have you with us this day, and we pray that your travels will be safe. If you're from the area, we invite you back at every opportunity that you have to be with us. Um, If you have not picked up a bulletin, please do so. We have a number of activities coming up, and we have an extensive prayer list that you will want to attend to this week. Bow with me, please, as we dismiss. Our God and our Father, we humbly come and bow before you, Lord, so thankful for the estates you've given to us. Another opportunity, Lord, to examine our lives and bring them into a closer accordance with your will for us. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity we had to come together to worship you, to remember your son, the sacrifice that he made for us. And Lord, we pray that our worship has been pleasing to you. has been offered up as a sweet-smelling aroma in your presence. Lord, we pray that as we go out from here, as we live our lives, that we would do so remembering you, putting you first in our lives, doing your will as you have commanded us to, and that we would always be an example not only to the world, but to one another, that we would strive to lift one another up to edify to correct when necessary. Lord, we pray that we would always seek your will. We pray, ask that you would give us the humility to put you first in our lives, put away our own selfish wants and desires, that we may serve you as you have demanded of us. Forgive us we sin, Lord, in Christ, and we pray. Amen.